Foolish greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those amazing tunes that you just heard is, of course, courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey. And as always, I am your host, Tessa Morrow. Today, I have one of my dear friends, Brendan Shea, joining me. Brendan Shea is a father, electrician, and paranormal researcher and investigator. Shay has been actively seeking everything strange since a very young age. He has been a podcaster, a TV personality, and is currently researching some strange phenomenon in the Appalachian region. Brendan Shay, man, it has been a while. Thank you so much for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers podcast. How have you been, my friend? I've been good. It's always great to be on the show. It's always great to catch up with you and hear about stuff you're working on and stuff you're into. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, pleasure is always mine for sure. Yeah, it's always just such a great time talking with you, definitely. Brendan, the paranormal, it's something that we live, we breathe. It's something that we both are just truly passionate about. Tell me, how did you get your start into the unknown world that is all things paranormal and supernatural? God, I mean, I think subconsciously it happened at a young age. I mean, I can still vividly kind of remember a weird experience I had as a, I think I was probably four years old, Staten Island, New York, where I was born. We lived in this small two-bedroom apartment, and I just remember like laying in bed one night and seeing like the shadow of a man in a rocking chair. Like it was weird. Like mm. and and now being being an adult, like I can look back and remember what the apartment was like. And we were like on the second floor and there was nothing behind us but like houses and stuff. So we were higher than the, the, the roof line of the houses. So it couldn't have been cast by somebody like, you know, in the adjacent building or something like that. But I remember vividly being there and I was like so scared that I that I was seeing this. Uh-huh. And a little boy got on the old man's lap is what it looked like. And I remember the part that I remember the most is the old man's foot was like tapping in time like he was listening to music. And and I'm assuming it was an old man because it was somebody in a rocking chair. Yeah. And then it looked like there was a kid sitting on his lap and he was tapping his foot, but it was all it was out of rhythm. It wasn't in sync with the, the other foot tapping. And I just remember that scared the hell out of me. Oh. And, like, I don't know. I don't know if I was ever tapped into something. Of course, years on later down the road, I would find out that there's something, I guess, that I'm tapped into. But I don't know if that was just the beginning of it. It started there subconsciously. And I think as the years went on, I was just obsessed with mystery, you know, not knowing certain things like life after death or, like, anything with ghosts or UFOs, aliens. I mean, right. all of us watched Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, that was just one of the things. There was a lot of them episodes that scared the shit out of me. Right. Yeah. And Robert Stack uh, was amazing, right? Narrating that. Like, he, yeah. you couldn't get a better person for the job. <laughs> no, it, it was a great show. And there was episodes. I remember there was episodes where I was just like, uh, scared to go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to watch it because I needed to know the mystery. <laughs> I actually got in trouble. <laughs> this is a funny story. I got in trouble, like me and a couple of my friends. This was in third grade. 
Dude, this was 20 plus, 30, 30, almost 30, 30 years ago, probably. Wow. We had this assignment, and we were given a map of the United States. <laughs> and the assignment was for social studies to find every town or every state that was named after a president. Oh. So we had to go through, and we had to circle, like, you know, Washington State, Washington, you, know, you get the point. Yeah. But instead, me and my friends mapped out the Bermuda Triangle and drew it on the map off the <laughs> coast of Florida. And the teacher came over and said, what are you guys doing? And we got in trouble because we drew the Bermuda Triangle on the map that she had bought us for the school project. I just remember that she took a post-it and put it over the Bermuda Triangle, wrote our names like that we did that project or whatever. But that's how into it I was at such a young age. That's awesome. I love it. I have that same passion. You and I as adults now, we we love that kind of thing. If you saw an apparition or a shadow figure sitting there in a rocking chair with a little child, that would be like the godfather of hauntings, right? And experiences. But as a child, it's kind of like, holy shit, what am I seeing? I can't comprehend this. This can't be real. This is scary to me. I get that for sure. And I also get being so passionate at a very young age. I, I know I've said this before, but... When I was a little girl, my mom said I was still in a little car seat. This is this was before now that even 14-year-olds have to have car seats. But, you know, when I was like maybe less than two years old, I was just sitting there and I would scream when she would drive by a cemetery. And I would just say, graveyard, me go, me walk. And she she's like, how do you even know what that is? But I, I definitely get the whole unsolved mysteries and you know, all that stuff. I, I wish I would have went to school with you. I would have been, I would have like loved to be part of that social studies project. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wish I still had that map. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been like a cool, like memento to hold on to. Be like, yeah, this is what I did when I was you know, just a, a wee lad. Yeah. <laughs> Before like ghost hunting was like on TV and cool and everybody wanted to do it. You know? Right. Yeah, well, you know, for me, for me, it was always about the mystery. Like it was always about just that sense of not knowing what these things are. And you know, obviously, we grow up, we you know, evolve with everything else, our environment going around, and you know, you understand more, you understand more of the science, and you try to do the research, and you try to do the rational, you know, come up with the rational explanations for a lot of this stuff, but it's just, there's always that mystery that's always intrigued me. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. I always like to say there's never a dull moment when it comes to the paranormal and the supernatural. There really isn't. And it's just so neat to be a part of it. So Shay, what's the most memorable encounter that you've ever had with a spirit? And I know that could be a hard question just because so many years and so many investigations and encounters and experiences, but which one has really like stuck out to you? I mean, as time's gone on, like I said, you know, the more you look into encounters of certain things and put it all together, I've had many experiences and whether or not now I can say it was a ghost or a spirit or what it was, there's one powerful experience that I had that really drove me to like really want to look into a lot of high strangeness. I had gone on, it was a few years back, it was about four years ago, we had booked a cabin in this place in West Virginia called Cabway Lingo State Forest. 
And the cabin that we had booked was supposedly haunted. Now, we get there, and we were just kind of spending the weekend. It was me and a couple friends. We decided that we were going to film, like, a little bit of, like, an offshoot of this web series that we had been part of. We were going to do, like, a small little, you know, like a side project. Yeah. The two girls that were with us did all the energy work, right? Inside of it, they were kind of ramping up the energy. And so I went in there isolated by myself, and they were outside watching via video camera on a TV. You know, like, I was isolated in this, and it's a small cabin. Yeah. It was like a one-room cabin with a kitchen on some side mm. and a bedroom. And so I started experiencing all this stuff, and it's like nothing I've ever felt before. And I can only describe it as, like, elemental. Oh, wow. And it didn't have to do with, like, something like a ghost had died in this cabin and, you know, Earl from the holler was like haunting the, the cabin. It was something more powerful, something ancient. And it was protecting the land. I mean, you could almost feel it. And I was getting read by somebody who was a psychic medium outside. And they're, you know, kind of relaying stuff to me back and forth over the walkie-talkie. If you watch the stuff, like the playback of the stuff, like the, it, this thing was never released. But she's saying things as I'm experiencing them at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, it's a back-and-forth kind of video thing where it shows her outside, but I don't hear what she's saying. She hears what I'm saying, but she's, like, you know, kind of relaying messages that are coming through of what I'm experiencing. Yeah. So I look forward at one point, and I see almost like a guy in a headdress, like a bear or a wolf headdress. Ooh. This, later on, years down the road, would become significant. That I didn't at the time didn't realize, but I saw this thing and I was like, "Whatever's here, it's got it's got to be something Native American or it's something protecting this land, right. taking the form of something." That night, we all went to sleep and you know, peaceful night, whatever. After we were done with this, whatever happened, we went around and we laid sage and tobacco, and just kind of said, "You know, this is our." our offering to the land we appreciate you letting us be here you know that kind of thing nice yeah i woke up probably just before the sun rose and i heard almost like a chanting like like somebody was praying or chanting but it was almost like native american like singing and dancing and i heard a drum and i woke up the person that was with me and said do you hear that and she had heard the tail end of the drumming and it was just like wow like that was legitimately almost sounded like native american like somebody was either praising the offering that we had left or giving us protection or saying thank you or something but it was almost like this very peaceful presence but it was powerful it was more powerful than any like you know i've been to tons of places that are haunted or whatever i've never felt anything this powerful it started something in me to look into a lot of stuff that just was outside the realm of just ghost hunting, you know, and, right. and I've experienced so much weird stuff and synchronicities since that point that to this day are still happening and still just, it almost made your, you went from having just the normal lens in your camera to having this wide angle lens and looking at the world through a completely different way that it makes you just seem like you're, I don't know, almost in between reality and stuff that you can't understand. Right. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I was getting chills when you were talking about the the chanting and everything. And first of all, thank you for giving the offering. I love that. I, I wish more people would do that. You know, it's a really 
incredible gesture and I truly think that they really appreciate it. And obviously they do because you felt that, you know, serenity, that peace and that beautiful chanting and music. And that's a great experience, man. Yeah. I haven't, you know, like I said, I've experienced some weird stuff since then, but nothing that was, I've never felt anything powerful like that. That was, it was powerful, whatever it was. No, that's awesome for sure. So Brendan, I don't know about you, but, I have had my fair share of people that have been close to me that have passed away. And I have been fortunate enough to have encounters with them after death. And, you know, some people will just kind of say, like, isn't that scary? Aren't you scared of that? And I'm just like, no, like I knew them in life. I love them in life. And it's, it's amazing that they're still looking over me and visiting me in death. Have you had that happen to you, Brendan, where someone you care about passed away and they, you know, let you know that they're still there? Before I started actively investigating, you know, the paranormal and wanting to really get hands-on, the death of a loved one has really spurred that. My grandmother passed away in 2003 in Mm. November, and two weeks later, my mom, my mother dropped dead. Oh, no. So I was close with my grandma, very, very close. She was like a second mother to me. And then, you know, it was almost like this double whammy in the same month. Oh, my God. I had a couple experiences that were just kind of, it was, I knew it was my mother. And, you know, it was nothing like I didn't see her or like, you know, get an EVP of her or anything like that. But it was like the presence that she was there watching. And I have an uncle who uh, is a pretty powerful medium. I mean, he's had some pretty profound things happen in his life, and he's had stuff happen, like, where he's he's talked to people about things that he shouldn't know about. And Mm. they end up saying, well, this this is why you're saying that, because this, you know, whatever. And he had a dream, and in the dream, my mother came to him and said all this stuff, and the stuff that he said he would, that he told us he would have never known about, like, daily life growing up in our family. And that kind of, to me, was like the catalyst that really propelled me forward into, like, researching and doing the hands-on stuff Yeah. into this field. Right. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry that you lost these two very important women in your life and just so so quickly together you know it's like you're mourning one person and then all of a sudden boom it happens again and I'm so sorry about that but it's amazing that even though you didn't see her or or heard her voice you just like felt her energy and her presence and you just knew that it was your mom you know and I love that they come and visit us when they're gone, you know, just like looking after us, checking on us, just, you know, I've, I've had phantom smells before where I'll smell this like, like warm scent of cookies in the air and it just comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, that's my grandma. Like, absolutely. You know, it just like, it's a specific smell, the specific cookie. And I think it's amazing the ways that they could reach out to us, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's like uh, familiarity is what it it seems like to me. Like, you know, they they don't show you like, I guess some people who are lucky enough can see 
Grandpa Joe standing in the doorway and be like, oh, there's Grandpa Joe. He's actually showing himself. But right. It's little subtle, subtle, tiny things that just that catch you by, like, off guard, like scents. Yeah. Or sound. Or, you know, familiar animals or something like that that just happen to be happening at the same exact moment you're thinking about somebody or a song comes on the radio. I mean, it's all these weird synchronicities that happen with people that they just know that this is a sign from a loved one, you know? And I think that's more, I think it's more appropriate and I think it's more of showing a sense of love than just, you know, seeing the apparition of your grandma who passed away, you know? Right. Yeah. I I know one gal who her mom passed away but her mom she loved cardinals the red cardinals the male cardinal and so did my mom really oh yeah i i see them all the time when i'm in north carolina all the time and i i just like i always have my camera ready to take pictures just because they're so gorgeous with that oh that yeah they're just amazing but her mom loved these cardinals and after the death she started seeing these cardinals every day she would see a red cardinal and she's like I live in Florida. I never, she's like, I hadn't seen Cardinals here before. And then my mom died and I'm seeing one Cardinal every single day. And it was just really interesting to me. I was like, wow, you know, it's like you said, it doesn't matter if it's an animal or a scent or whatever. I just think that it's really neat. And that's why it makes me so sad when I hear that people don't believe in the paranormal. And it's like, well, you're really missing out because somebody you love and miss terribly could be right there visiting you and you're just not knowing about it. You're disregarding it, sweeping it under the rug. It's just kind of like, it's your loss, but I'm glad I'm one of the people that believe. And these encounters are just priceless. They're, they're precious, you know? Yeah, my, you know, my sister has a really neat one from my mom because my mom was like really into our Irish heritage, mm. right? And she always collected like shamrocks or clovers and, every, you know, everything like that. I mean, it was just associated with the Irish people. And yeah, my sister, after my mom died, every time something good happened in her life, she'd find a four-leaf clover. What? And it was just like... Yeah, it was just like every every time she like, you know, she did good at school or she got married or found out she was pregnant or something like that, she would find a four like randomly just look down and there'd be a four leaf clover there. That is so, awesome. So I mean it's it's things like that. I think it, it's more like, you know, you would rather somebody take the time to do something nice for you as opposed to they just do like the hey, I call you up and say hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. You'd rather them like buy you flowers if you're feeling sick or something. I mean, they take the little time to do that extra effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that to me that means more. Right. Again, just precious moments, just like reminders, like hey, I'm still here, and I think like that's how they live on as well. You know, they live on through the memories. And the great times that were created when they were alive. And then just the things like the the four leaf clover and the cardinal and different things like that. It's like, yeah, I'm still here. So Brendan, where's your go-to location? I know you mentioned the cabin that was like phenomenal in West Virginia, but when you go to conduct an investigation, where's your favorite place to go to place that you've been to several different times, but you just can't help but keep going there. Jeez. I, for years, was part of a team that did the hosting, and we investigated the shit out of the Twin City Opera House in McComasville, Ohio. Mm. And it was like, we did a couple documentaries on it, um, and 
Like, it was just always, there was just something about the place. You always felt like home. And it was even like the spirits there became, like, familiar with you to the point that they just, they were comfortable with you and you were comfortable with them. And, like, you know, you would ask them to do stuff and they would respond to you because they had, they were familiar with you. God, I've investigated that place for years. And it was always one of my favorite places. I mean, I spent for two years every weekend down there oh wow different teams like just hanging out i mean yeah i was there all the time and one of the most exciting places i would love to go back to is penhurst asylum uh that place was great i had a lot of crazy experiences there and waverly hills i've been there twice but i'd love to go back there again oh i love waverly yeah waverly is such a neat place and never been to penhurst I I would love to go sometime. You know, I have the paranormal bucket list that just keeps growing. And of course, there's like some places where like no way in hell will I ever go. Like, you know, it's just not possible. Like, you know, in Transylvania or, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's just so neat. It's just phenomenal. It always blows my mind the different locations scattered on this planet. And we're fortunate to have some pretty neat places in the United States. Sloss. Have you ever been to Sloss Furnaces? That. No, but I want to go there. You know what? I had, like, I, I stayed at the Tutwiler, which is, like, really haunted. And it's only, like, two or three miles from Sloss. And so, really cool to stay at a haunted place and then go, you know, to another haunted place. And I had this, like, total, I lost time for probably like 20 minutes. And I was talking to uh, Doogie from Ghost Asylum like years ago when he was on the radio show. And he said that he lost time when he was in Birmingham too, but at Sloss Furnaces. And so it was really just really interesting. But yeah, that place is phenomenal. I got killer EVPs. I, I just like got things that made my skin crawl Definitely a cool place to go to sometime for sure. Well, Alabama's a really weird state anyway as far as high strangeness. Really? That's that's where it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's actually, um, <laughs> I did a lot of research into injured cold, and I think it's Gray Barker says it in his book when he's talking about but he's talking about injury cold and the stuff that happened in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 60s. And he actually said injury cold was in Alabama and he went to somebody's door looking for help and they shot at him with a shotgun and he was picking like lead out of his thigh. Jeez. Because somebody shot at him with a shotgun and it was in Alabama. It's like one of them states that has weird UFO sightings and all that stuff too. So it's not surprising that that's a place where you could have lost time. So. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, every time I go somewhere, I just love soaking in the history, the haunted history, everything that happened there. And no, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I just happened to be going through and I could have driven a few more hours, but I was like, no, I'm going to stay here, you know, and I, I had always wanted to stay at the Tutwiler and neat place as well. I actually did episodes on both the Tutwiler and Sloss, but yeah, they're really neat places. I'd love to go back sometime. Every time I um, drive through Alabama, I always think of Sloss <laughs> and I drive through at least two times a year, sometimes four, but yeah, it's a neat place for sure. So you've, you've been to 
to a place that I, that's on my bucket list, and that's the Birdcage, because I remember seeing pictures of of you guys there. Oh, that yeah. Place is, I, I don't know, I just love the Old West, and I love everything about, like, that just era. And, and, <laughs> I mean, the guns, the, the way people dressed, and just, like, I love watching Westerns on TV. Yeah, that's one of the places I would love to go. You know what, Shay? I, I swear... I, I go every year. I I do. Usually I go in September or October for my birthday. If I go in October, they're usually doing Hell Dorado, which is like the busiest event out there. So I try not to go that close just because so many people. But if you go at a certain time of year in Tombstone, there's people, but it's not like jam-packed. And it is really something going into the Oriental Saloon where Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and Bat Masterson and all those guys hung out in. And yeah, the birdcage is phenomenal. I do my annual trip and I always tell people, you're invited and I am either going with you or I'm going alone. And this year I'm going alone. It just, my boyfriend, he's like, I can't go every year. I could go every other year. And he went with me last year. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm on my own this year. But yeah, I definitely, you have an open invitation. You are always welcome to go. It is, I, I really recommend going at some point. Arizona just has, it's my favorite state to investigate. It really is. It just has so much history. And I'm like you, I love the old West. The birdcage is phenomenal. Being in front of the Mariah, it is just like mind blowing. You know, you see it on TV, you see it on documentaries, but when you're there in person and you see this gorgeous horse driven carriage hearse and in all its glory, that place, I've had so many things happen. We, we've seen apparitions, we've caught phenomenal EVPs, we've gotten cold spots, and which, you know, when you're in Arizona, you notice a cold spot for sure. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I mean, another great thing I love about Tombstone. Besides the people, the locals are phenomenal, but you have Watt and Tarbell Mortuary, my two dear friends, Donna and Kelly, they're sisters, and they own that, and they do like nightly tours and investigations, and that place is one of the most haunted locations I've ever been to. Yeah, they just, they actually just finished their first annual Paracon, and apparently it was just like phenomenal. And so, but yeah, they, they have so much going on there. Oriental's haunted. Big Nose Kate's is haunted. It's definitely a place worth going to for sure. (laughs) And they have reenactments, you know, you could even bring the kids, you know, I mean, they, they have these reenactments, like, you know, dressed completely like, you know, they belonged in the 1800s and they do these reenactment shows every day. They do the okay corral shootout they do all of that stuff, so it's it's cool for the paranormal heart and for the young heart. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just it's always been on my my bucket list. So yeah, well, someday, my friend, someday you will get there, and so yeah, definitely. I'm actually going next month. I usually again go later in the year, but yep, going. They they're having the 30 year, believe it or not, anniversary of Tombstone the movie. You know, with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer and uh, Bill Paxton and Sam Elliott, all those guys. I love that movie. And that would be badass. Right? I know. So they have several people 
that are going to be there. Like, but yeah, that's the only reason I'm going in what is usually the hottest month of the year to Tombstone is because, yeah, this whole thing is happening and I'm so super stoked about it. 30 year anniversary of one of my favorite movies and a bunch of the cast that's going, sign me up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll see pictures. I'll show you pictures. Shay, have you ever had an attachment? throughout the several years of investigating the paranormal. And I described this to somebody the other day. I think when you look at this void, whatever it is, I think you open whatever door to everything. Yeah. To where something is peering back at you. So not necessarily maybe, and maybe this doesn't really answer the question, but I think it's more profound than saying, have you ever had an attachment? Because I think it's once, once you look at this, you know, I've always described it this way with people. Like sometimes you go on an investigation and you get like, oh, we didn't have any activity. You know what I mean? But something follows you home because they're like, hey, these people, they, they're trying to communicate with me and I can't, you know, get out what I'm trying to say. So I'm just going to follow them around so I can like get my message out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I also think that some people are more in tune with it, and and maybe you can vouch for this, but I think the more that you look into this stuff, the more sensitive to it you become. Oh, yeah. Like you go to a haunted location and you can almost feel the energy because you've done it so many times that you're almost tapped into that, you know, that that part of yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also think sometimes that there's a door and something standing at that door, and if you just slightly open that door just to take a look, it's almost an invitation that they're just going to stay at that door till you open it fully, and then they're going to come in. Whether it's good, bad, something, you know, not of this reality, I think that there is somebody always looking. Once they see that you see, I think it's almost just like you have something that constantly follows you around, you know? Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense for sure. So to answer the question, yes, I've had stuff and I can't say that it's an attachment, but yes, I've had things that have followed me around and still things that happen to me that I can't explain that I think is something not of this plane. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to so many people and I asked them, how did you get rid of this, you know? And they always tell me, oh, I just said, leave me alone. You're not welcome. You're not invited. You're invading my space. Leave now. And I'm like, and it worked? And they're like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm like, well, geez, shit. I wish I would have known because I had this guy who was legally hanged in Tombstone stay with me for over a month. And I, I wish I knew it was that easy just to say, hey, back off, buddy. Leave me alone, you know? And I, uh, of course, I don't think it's like that every single time, but almost every single person I've talked to say they did that and it worked. And I'm like, well, well that's, what I tell, that's what I tell people on investigations. They want to be like, well, I want to have a priest come bless my house. It's like, that's great. You know, you can go with whatever religious denomination you want, because that's, you know, that's how spirituality and faith works. Yeah. But I was always told by people who did that stuff for like a legit amount of time, especially if they had gone through with done house cleansings, is you know, I usually I had a guy. He he's an author. He's he's a great 
great friend for years. His name is Jim Willis, but he like told me he would go on investigations and he would tell the people, this is how you're going to do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'll stay here with you, but you're going to do it because this is your, this is your place. You know, I get to go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if there's something here that you want to get rid of, you have to take that stand and say, this is my place. You know, I don't want you here or we can coexist, but you need to leave us alone. Blah, blah, blah. It's the people who are experiencing the phenomenon or having the problem in their space that do have to stand up and say, leave me alone. You know, it's like standing up to a bully almost sometimes. No, that makes sense. And, you know, he he's right. He gets to go home after the day ends. You know, they they can't. That is their home. They're kind of stuck there. And so it makes sense. It's like, you know, this is all you, you know, but. That's why you. That's why it pisses, pisses you off in the paranormal field when you hear people like charging to do home investigations or house cleansing or whatever. It's like you can't guarantee shit because nobody knows anything. Nobody knows enough. There's no experts to know. It's like, you know, it, there's no hypothesis that says this happens every time, you know? And right. so it's not like you can call an exterminator because you have termites. Like, you legitimately see the termite. You see the damage the termite is doing. The guy can come, and he can see it, too, and he can spray and get rid of it, and you pay him a fee because he legitimately got rid of something that, you know, was legitimately there. I can't pay somebody to come to my house and say, oh, yeah, there's ghosts here. I can get rid of them for you. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just not how it works. Well... Haven't you heard of the ghost spray? You just spray it and they go away. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like, like poopery. Spritz the bowl before you go and nobody will ever know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, Shay, I'm sure you're like me when it comes to this. I'm an audio gal. I love EVPs. I that, That's what I'm all oh, about. Here we go. Here we go. I know. So I would love to hear about some of your favorite recordings that you have caught throughout the years. And, you know, when people ask me, I have so many that are my favorites. And then after I'm done talking to them and like the conversation has passed, like it could even be days later. I'm like, oh, shit. Why didn't I tell them this one? This one was the best one or whatever. But, you know, there's just so many great ones. And, um... I, I'm like a kid at Christmas, man. I, I never get sick of it. I never get tired of it. It never gets uh, old. I don't either. Uh, audio is one of my, yeah, it's one of my most favorite things because it's so weird. I mean, they've done experiments with EVPs for years, decades, right? Yeah. They've even done experiments where they've taken a voice recorder, put it in a sealed airtight jar, buried it underground and picked up voices, right? It's yeah. like, how is this happening? How is this phenomenon happening? <laughs> but the best is when you ask a question and get a response. Right. I mean, it's an intelligent response. It's not just, you know, weird crackling or what you think is a voice. When you get a legitimate response. Right. I have not gone on a serious investigation in quite some time. I started a new relationship and she lives in a house that they've had weird stuff happen. Ooh. And so we decided the other night, well, you know, 
I don't like to do this, but since you asked, maybe we can try to figure out, right? Yeah. A little something. She had an idea of who it could be, but you don't really know what you're messing with with this stuff. You know what I mean? It could be somebody saying there's something else. So we had this SB7 going, Spirit Box. We were asking questions, and I swear to God I heard her name through the SB7. And so in this EVP, we're or in this voice clip, we're talking. I said, wow, I think I just heard your name. And she's like, no, did you really? And right after that, she said, no, did you really? A voice comes over and says her name. Oh, wow. And so I like, we're listening to it in real time, and I keep playing it back. I'm like, that legitimately says your name. So we, of course, I amplified it. It's 100% her name. And it's she got this house from... It was on an auction. She does a lot of real estate stuff. And Ooh. she uh, got this house. It went up for auction, but she was a nurse, and she had taken care of this person. Mm. So she knew what she sounded like. And as soon as she heard the voice, she knew exactly who it was, and it's exactly who she thought it was. So it was like almost like it made her happy. It made her sad because it was this woman that she cared about. But it legitimately solidified that there was some intelligence there because I experienced stuff the first time I went there that I couldn't explain. And so now we're, there's a little bit of validation in the fact that, you know, we also had stuff going off at the same time, like the periscope and that kind of stuff was, was reacting to things. I hadn't been that excited about EVP for a long time because it was clear, concise, and you knew exactly what it said. So right. And I that mean, one kind of that one shot to the top a little bit because it was recent and it just was, you know, it was that exciting moment of wow, this is legitimately what this thing says. Right. Well, and not only that, but you're actually able to have a person say, I knew that person, that's her voice. You're able to identify the spirit, which is like really yes. awesome. Wow. Which is cool. which is crazy. I mean, just honestly, people like just don't really sit back and think about it. Just think about it. Yeah. You know, you go on a, a, an investigation, and you're excited because you get an EVP. But then you look at the, the side of it as, like, I know who that voice is. Right. That person is not here anymore. How is that voice being produced? Yeah. I mean, it legitimately is somebody I recognize. How? How? <laughs> this person is not here. Right. On this plane of existence anymore. Yeah. How is this device picking up... <laughs> their voice right no that's phenomenal yeah so i'll tell you another evp that i got and then i kind of want to give my i guess what i kind of feel is going on with this whole genre especially with evps okay so i caught another evp years ago in moundsville penitentiary in moundsville west virginia now it's an abandoned prison it's creepy it's like super super old it at one point was one of the most violent prisons in the country i was in maximum security and i was in a cell by myself the people i was with thought it'd be funny like let's close brendan in this cell and you hear us talking the whole time i mean it's all concrete building you hear our voices echoing off stuff all of a sudden this voice comes out of nowhere and says let me out of here oh wow right and it was like clear as day there was no echo like, you know, it was like just right in the room with me saying, let me out of here. But then a couple seconds later, you hear me start asking questions and you hear like the, the, the reverb of the concrete, like the echo of me talking. So it's like, there's no way it was somebody in the room with me. 
because if it was a legitimate living person, you would have heard the same, you know, sounds of the echoing of the concrete walls, even the voice bouncing off that. So that to me was one of the best EVPs I ever caught in my life. And just because it sounded like somebody in prison saying, let me out of here because they were in prison. Now, a couple months later, we were watching this documentary and it happened to be about Moundsville. And there was an old woman or she was a woman there who was a guard. Mm. And she said, I was, you know, one of the only female guards in the most violent part of the prison, death row, maximum security, blah, blah, blah. She said there was an inmate who I kind of got close to. And one day he was getting led from his cell and he got stabbed, got shanked in prison. She said a couple months later or after the prison closed, they invited me back. We were doing an EVP session and we got his voice. His name was Red. And she played the voice, and it was the same exact voice that I had caught. No way. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the same exact voice. It was crazy. I was like, holy crap. We all like jumped up <laughs> and down. We're like, it's the same voice. It's the same voice. That's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, to have that validation was like even, even more incredible. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I could, you know, I could only imagine being, like you said, she was like the only woman working on death row when I was in tombstone, I was talking to this woman and I don't remember which penitentiary it was, but she worked there and she said that this place was really bad. They had death row there and that she was talking about this one guy and she's like, usually they don't phase me, but this one guy was bad, really bad. And I'm like, what did he do? Did he deserve death row? And she's like, well, you tell me he microwaved his fucking baby. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. And she's like, yeah, you see shit when you work at places like that. And being a woman, she's like, it's just like crazy. So yeah. When you mentioned the woman and the penitentiary, yeah, that kind of made me think of that. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's wild. I, that's really cool. So validation on that, on the identity, that's, that's really neat. So did you do some more research on this guy? He was a legit inmate there. I think he was in there for murder. Wow. And he had a, a vendetta. Some guy had a vendetta with him, I guess. And he just happened to be walking down. And that guy got it, was let out at the same time and just attacked him and killed him. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, as my little nephew would say, karma. Yep. It is a bitch. <laughs> so, Shay... Para bucket list. I know you mentioned one location, that being the phenomenal Birdcage Theater, which you definitely have to go to. But what are some other locations that are on your para bucket list? If money was no object, anywhere on this planet? Shit, anywhere on the planet. I'd love to be one of the people that goes to Ireland and explores some castles or anywhere in Europe. Oh, yeah. Where there's, you know, because it's... It's a lot, thousands of years old, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I would love to go visit some of these other areas of high strangeness. Like, you know, I'd love to go look for Bigfoot in Washington State Forest. I'd love to, you know, go to Area 51. I'd love to just shit. I, I want to go to Sloss Furnace, like we talked about before. That place was always something I, I wanted to go visit. Yeah. What's that one place, like Letchwork? Asylum or something like that. Oh, like old asylum. Letchworth. Yeah. Letchworth Village. Yeah, I would love to go there. Oh yeah, yeah. 
that's on my list too for sure you know you know what there's there's a lot of like old even if they're not haunted it's just the the this the i guess the feeling of the place or whatever i'd love to go visit like old mining ghost towns and yeah yeah you know being in colorado they definitely have a lot you know a lot of back in the day boom mining towns and there's there's one that I have some property on that's called Walsenburg, and that place is such a neat little town. It has all these little old storefronts, and my my grandma and my great-aunt, their father, so my great-grandfather was a coal miner, and they grew up at a coal mining camp, and yeah, just so much history there alone, but yeah, a lot of, lot of neat mining camps and different mines out here in Colorado. There's one really cool place called Creed and you just go on the dirt road and you just keep traveling. And I mean, I tell you there there's Commodore mine, there's Amethyst mine. And I, you keep traveling. Hi, go. <laughs> Sing it. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, really, a well, lot of history, a lot of spirits, a lot of bad mining accidents and deaths, you know, um, definitely a very of, active. A lot of juju there, huh? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> so, Shay, before we end things, my dear friend, I want to know, I know that you've been busy researching some rather interesting phenomenon that is happening in the Appalachian region. Can you talk a little bit about that? I am super intrigued. So I did this podcast a couple of years ago with my uh, ex-partner, and we got really deep into a lot of the high straits and stuff, like looking into, it was about the same time Hellier that came out, and it was the weird, like, this weird circle of, like, everybody almost like the parallels of everybody's research had like almost joined at parts of it. Right. So all this weird stuff's going on and all this weird stuff's being talked about and coming out at the same time as we're doing this research. And there was just all these like similarities of all this stuff happening in these places of natural resources. And, you know, so it like kind of spurred me, like I I've been talking a lot to, a guy who had uh, who's, who does a phenomenal podcast, him and a couple of his good friends, Penny Royal. And if anybody's listening to this show now, you need to check out Penny Royal podcast. It's fantastic. It's about the weird stuff that happens in a town in Kentucky called Somerset. Hmm. And, you know, they do a lot of uh, Nate, who's the main host. He does a lot of like data mining and stuff with, for a lot of companies. And, there's all these different algorithms and stuff that they do. And there's one that, you know, is being looked at right now that I'm trying to put together research for to look at like these areas, these cluster of areas that have like weird stuff happening. You know, everybody calls it high strangeness. But if you look at the similarities of these areas and kind of surrounding contiguous counties and everything, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like, Weird people are being seen, like uh, people may call them extraterrestrials or whatever. Just weird people no one can explain, Yeah, you know, hmm. who these people are. There's high crime rates. There is haunted, haunted places, haunted highways, you know, weird 
cryptid or Bigfoot sightings, like, you know, for the main cryptid people see your Bigfoot. You know, of course, you have Mothman that was seen in this, you know, region of West Virginia. But all these areas have something to do with the government, too. Like, the government has interest in these areas. Now, is it because the government's there doing these experiments that's creating this phenomena? Or is the government here because this area creates its own phenomena, almost like everybody's interest in Skinwalker Ranch? The phenomena in Skinwalker Ranch, everybody's so interested, like, why... Is all this stuff happening in this region? You know what I mean? It's almost like the same thing. Right. So what Nate talks about at Penny Royal is that there's this anomaly that NASA calls the Kentucky Anomaly. And it's like right in the middle of this Penny Royal plane in Somerset, Kentucky, in Pulaski County. And it's they don't know if it's the cause of all this weird stuff that happens there. But there's like secret societies, there's like cults to pan, so many weird things like happen in this area. So talking to him and like doing all this research, it's like you can almost look at all these things on a map and you can almost like put little clusters on a map like high crime right here, this, this and this all happen in the same area. So what I'm basically doing is I'm putting together a lot of this stuff and we're going to take a look at it and just kind of like say, you know, obviously it's to figure out what the cause is, but why, why does this stuff happen in the same areas as all this other stuff? I mean, it's crazy. So, you know, that's pretty much the rabbit hole that I've been going down the last three and a half years of my life. And I don't spend all my time researching it, but there's a decent amount of time that I spend researching and looking stuff up and writing stuff down and putting dots on a map and, you know, really looking for all these similarities. And sometimes they just seem like they're, you're about ready to grab onto it. And it's like Boulder when he has all the evidence in the (laughs) X-Files, it just slips through your fingers and it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I'd love to hear more. If you find out more or whatever, I'd love to stay updated. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, and if people are interested in any of that stuff, the answers are always found in books. That's true. And you may think that you have read something, like it happens to me all the time. I'll read something and then I'll read something else years later and it's not all these where have I seen that before. And I'll go back and look through certain books that I think it might be in. And there's so so much similarity, especially with like UFO or extraterrestrial stuff, where it's like this person tells a story that's so similar to this person. They've never met, they've never wrote about each other's work, but somehow decades later their paths are now crossing in this book and the similarity of these experiences are freaking so unique and so similar that it's like how can it just be a coincidence? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, that's uh, interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, there's just certain places that kind of have so much going on that you just really can't explain. Definitely sounds like that's one of them. And like you said, Skidwalker Ranch, Roswell, New Mexico always has crazy stuff going on. I remember going as a kid and it was just like everything was like alien themed, obviously. And it's just like so many sightings. And it's just interesting how certain places it's just so much more active like west virginia and kentucky and just the appalachian region in general is like the mecca for so many weird things and it's because i mean i honestly believe that 
maybe nature has something to do with it, but there's a lot of remote, isolated places that, you know, have been undisturbed for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it wouldn't surprise me if something ancient, elemental lurks there. Right. You know, whether oh, yeah. it's good, bad, or neither. But it's such a weird place that it's, it's, the exact word is it's magical. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It is magical. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Gee, Shay, I always just have such a great time chatting with you. You'll definitely have to come back on at some point. Because I know, like me, you always have so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, always. So big shout out to Brendan Shay for being on Paranormal Prowlers podcast. Always a great time. What a great guy. I love that guy. He's he's so awesome for sure. So this week's special city shout outs go to Grossard, Canada, Willow Springs, Illinois, Lawrence, South Carolina, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Hey, that's where Shay's from, West Virginia. <laughs> and Abuja, Nigeria. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are all phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? Really, there's no need to fret. You could head on over to any of those podcast platforms and start binge listening immediately. Such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Downcasts, Podcast Republic. Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. Do you have a spooky story, encounter, myth or legend, investigation to share of your own? Maybe you want to be a future voiceover. Perhaps you have a bone-chilling idea for an episode. Please, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Hit me up at paraprowl at gmail.com. You can message me at paraprowl via Twitter, or you can find me on the Paranormal Prowlers Podcast Facebook page. Thanks, everybody. And again, thank you, Brendan Shea. You're awesome, my friend. And we will see you next week.